Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Yeah, in today's episode, we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 18 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Apologize, or if you are in Germany, it is called New Mixed Cards. Our IMDb user synopsis is... Robbie is told last, despite Camden's advice for her to be open, that Mary has bumped into her ex, Wilson, who does a course in Buffalo and agreed to a dinner at his place. Robbie is doubly vexed as he immediately calls her after meeting a lookalike, Marie, also a basketball player, whom he asked over to get hold of her study notes. Matt meets and dates Cheryl before he realizes she's Robbie's ex. Mary also bumps into Lucy's Jeremy. So, what was your first impression of this episode? I kind of enjoyed that this kind of had one specific voc- like focal point in the episode, and it kind of set up a bunch of storylines for us, and it didn't like close them out. I feel like a lot of Seventh Heaven episodes are self-contained, but in this instance, uh, you kind of have picked up this like thing with Wilson, picked up this thing with Marie, we picked up this thing with Cheryl, we are continuing this thing with Jeremy. And I kind of like that things are left unresolved. It seems like an actual episode of television instead of like a little mini movie that we're watching where from beginning to end, everything is done. So I appreciated that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the cold open. So the cold open starts with um, we see Robbie at his job, which we have never seen before. And they're playing basketball. And one of the kids uh, is actually very familiar. He's from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Um, and he's been in a, on a bunch of other things. And that actor's name is Charlie Stewart. I feel like I also remember him from being on, like, episodes of That's So Raven. He was definitely, like, in the circuit of, like, random Disney background characters yeah, uh, yeah, on shows. So, anyway... Uh, so uh, when this is happening, we see that there's a girl who looks suspiciously like Mary from the back that walks up to Robbie and taps him on the shoulder. She's asking, she's like holding a gym bag. And I think, is she holding a basketball or something? She is holding a basketball because she's asking if she can use the other half of the basketball court um, that isn't being occupied by Robbie and the kids. And Robbie's kind of like thrown for a loop because apparently this person looks a lot like Mary. We, as the audience, do not get a look at her face quite yet, so we can't tell. And while Mary's lookalike is near Robbie, Mary is at the train station in Buffalo, where across the platform, or I guess across the train tracks, in the on, on the other side, of, on a different platform, she sees Billy and Wilson, and she just yells his name, <laughs> and it's and they're like they yell back, and it's this moment of like, oh my god, um, and that is the cold open. So, yeah. um, as I said. In my first impression, there is really only one big storyline, and the only other side one is is Matt, so we're going to do Matt first. Um, Matt kind of runs out of the Camden house uh, <laughs> by calling everybody freaks and <laughs> telling everybody to get tickets to the freak show. <laughs> um, yeah, because he thinks it's super strange that like they found doppelganger Mary. Yeah. Um, so he runs out to go get dinner at some restaurant, some new, yeah, we don't uh, actually get the name of this set. place. Yeah. It's just like a restaurant. And, um, 
he we we see when he goes to get a table, um, the hostess is Cheryl, uh, who is, if you recall, Robbie's ex, who was going to lie about being pregnant in order to trap him into marrying her. Trap queen. Um, <laughs> so Matt is intrigued by Cheryl right away, and they're kind of intrigued by each other because they seem to know a lot about each other even though they've never met. Um, Cheryl knows that he's Matt Camden. Matt Camden knows that she's Cheryl, like Robbie's ex. So he asks her to have dinner with him. And it ends up that she's not only, she's not the hostess, she's actually the manager, the night manager at the restaurant. They seem to have a really good dinner together, and Matt wants to continue this, like, whatever is happening, maybe ask her on another date. Um, but Cheryl is nervous because she thinks that the only reason Matt wants to do that is because Matt knows that Cheryl has had sex before. Yeah, which is just strange. Anyway, um, Cheryl, like, sets these ground rules for Matt um, for dating her because of this weird assumption that he's only interested in her because she's had sex before. And she says, like, oh, if you want to go out with me, you have to call me ahead of time and we'll go on wherever the date is and then you'll bring me straight home after and don't think of any funny business. Not even a good night kiss. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's not supposed to assume that anything's going to happen if they go out. So... He gets her number and ends up calling her almost right away from, like, a payphone in the restaurant. But is it, doesn't he call the restaurant? It's yeah, not he even calls her number. Yeah, he calls the restaurant. Um, and he's like, do you want to go to a movie after you get off work? And she's like, I, you're breaking the rules. Um, you have to call me in advance. And he says, oh, well, you get off work at midnight. That's in three hours. This is in advance. Like, I'm going to go to the library, and I'll pick you up after work. So Cheryl agrees, um, and they go to a movie, and I think they have a lovely time. Yeah, um, they clearly have some sort of chemistry. Uh, Cheryl knows a lot about Matt. She picks up on Heather. She picks up on, like she mentioned, Shauna even. And um, I think Mike, Mike. Why did I call him Mike? Matt uh, tries to say, like, oh, you know, things are always awkward before the first kiss. And she goes, well, I like awkward. So we don't, they don't actually kiss. So they kiss. don't kiss. So. so this is something that's, like, I feel like going to continue because when Matt comes home, he's quite evasive about telling... Robert. Robbie. <laughs> um, what is happening. Even though Robbie's like, wait, for, like, for a second there, I thought Matt was talking about dating Cheryl, but... Yeah. Ruthie's like, no, that can't be it. Robbie's on to Matt, sort of. So we'll see what happens with this, how this continues on in the upcoming episodes. Uh, It's interesting to see how much they've turned around Cheryl's character completely. I feel like she was somebody you hated in, like, the previous season. And now she's somebody that we've come to see, like, more dimensions of. Just like they did, I guess, with Sasha's character. I actually, like, liked her in this episode. Really? Yeah. I think the actress that plays Cheryl, well, I told you, like, she's got a weird thing going on with her mouth. (laughs) I just, I I like the idea. It's an interesting concept to put Matt together with Cheryl. I think that was creative of them to do, instead of introducing a brand new person for Matt. Um, So we'll get to the real main storyline here, which is Mary and Robbie and their kind of, like, forays into jealousy and security and... Long Ex-lovers dis- and, and, long- and doppelgangers. <laughs> and long-distance relationships. Um, so we come back from the cold open from the credits from the theme song. Why do I, can I never get that right? From the theme song. <laughs> the theme. You can just say the opening theme. Yes. Um, to Mary 
basically having a phone conversation with every single Camden that isn't Matt and Ruthie. And this made me think of something, and this is something that gets utilized throughout, like, the rest of the... I know I said early earlier on in one of the earlier seasons that um, the split-screen phone conversation is, like, a thing that they utilize a lot on the show, and it's really, really picked up in season five. I don't... I can't think... I can't remember the last episode where there hasn't been a split-screen phone conversation, and going forward, the split-screen phone conversation is, like... It's a big deal. There are a lot of them. So just saying they really accelerate. Like there's really a ton of them in this season, in season five, if you notice that. So Mary needs advice. Uh, Apparently Wilson has asked Mary to come to dinner, and she wants to know if she should tell Robbie. And we learn a lot is revealed in this scene because everyone tells her that she should tell Robbie. Because apparently they are dating. I guess they started dating when Mary was at home last time. They are officially boyfriend and girlfriend. They're in a long-distance relationship. None of this was established for us beforehand. No. And this is something that Seventh Heaven was guilty of, like, for, for all the from the beginning of Seventh Heaven history. Like... Changing the past in future episodes? Yeah, and then also, like, calling things relationships or labeling things dating. Or when they were, like, or not dating, if it was, like, Jimmy Moon and Lucy yeah. or, like... You know, Dina and Simon, they apparently weren't dating because those people were not old enough to date. I, I feel like as an audience member, I that's, like, super frustrating to me, not knowing what, like, thing, where things are at and having, like, the show just tell me things like this. It's like, you should, it should be clearer. You shouldn't have to tell me these things. Because, like, Mary was in the last, like, there have been episodes since um, Mary's been home, like, yeah. since that episode where Mary was home... And it's never established that, like, they were... Yeah, yeah they never said it in between those episodes. Like, she was in the... She was talking to Ruthie in, the la, in like, the last episode or something. And no, no mention of, where's my boyfriend, Robbie? Or... Yeah. They didn't even talk. Robbie and Mary didn't even talk. Um, so, uh, as we were saying... So she talks to Lucy, then she talks to Annie, then she talks to the Rev, then she talks to Simon, and they're all basically saying the same thing. You have to tell Robbie the truth. Tell him about Wilson. So while Robbie and Ruthie are dancing up, to, dancing along to Eric Clapton music, which isn't Eric Clapton music, because Amazon Prime can't afford it. <laughs> Eric Clapton, apparently. Um, Makes sense. In the twins' room, uh, the phone, like, they all go downstairs to give the phone to Robbie. Uh, during so then like it's time for Mary to come clean and um, Robbie, ki- but doesn't give her the chance to really because he starts talking about his run in with Marie, um, and you can kind of see like Mary's starting to get a little bit jealous, um, and possibly that this is like a plan for me or something, um, so she ends up not telling Robbie about the dinner. With Wilson. She actually hangs up on him because the way that Robbie says everything about Marie, it really does make Marie sound like the... The better, ver- like the better yeah. version of the doppelganger. It just sounds like... It, Marie's life path and the way that Marie is portrayed is basically like, if Mary didn't end up fucking everything up, this is what Mary's life would be like. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd be on the basketball team, she'd be playing All-State or whatever, she'd be in college, she'd have 4.0, da-da-da-da-da. And... Obviously, it makes Mary feel real bad, but so she hangs up, and she never gets a chance to tell Wilson. Um, Robbie. About Wilson. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Wilson, so she decides to go to this dinner with Wilson, and uh, it's, it ends up actually being at his house. So we can talk about that now. 
So, um, Wilson has this weird conversation with Billy before Mary gets there where he's like, you're the child and I'm the adult and I need you to go, uh, like, I'll let you stay up a little bit later than usual, but I haven't seen Mary in a while, so, like, I need you to go to sleep, um, early, like, I'm gonna, um, you know, when I tell you to go to sleep, please don't give me any trouble. So, and Billy says, I want to watch Mary while I fall asleep, which is a little strange. I think this little, this young boy has a strange relationship with Mary. Yes. Uh, especially because they haven't seen each other in, like, three years. Yeah. Um, so at dinner, Mary, like, Mary talks about everything that went wrong with her life and how she ended up in Buffalo, but how she's trying to, like, get everything back together. We finally hear things from her point of view, I think, which is actually kind of satisfying. Yeah. Because she admits, like, that she was following the crowd with vandalizing the gym and that that wasn't, you know, that was her opportunity to stand up and kind of be a leader. And if she couldn't even persuade the rest of the team to do it, she knew herself that it was wrong. So we get the idea that, like, she was just pure pre- as I speculated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the peer pressure that got to her. She knew all along that it was, like, you know, not something she wanted to be doing. So anyway. Um, we learned that uh, Wilson has an internship, that he's taking classes in the summer. Um, and clearly Wilson is making the moves on Mary. And Mary has, like, Mary's like, I have a boyfriend. But Wilson kind of. I have a boyfriend. Wilson kind of. T- talks her not out of it but like gives her a new perspective because her boyfriend Robbie is in California and she's in New York and neither have neither of them have any plans of meeting like being with each other in that she doesn't want to go back to Glen Oak and he doesn't want to move to Buffalo and that's exactly what Wilson tells Mary and I think that's what Mary is contemplating for the rest of the episode um until the end when she when her and Robbie have their final conversation before the end credits. Yeah. Which we'll get to, but first we're going to get to this, like, mess in the Camden house. Yeah. So, Robbie tells, um, well, actually, never mind. Let me backpedal. Um, the doorbell rings, and all of the Camdens run to the door to open it, and we see, um, Marie standing at the door, and we learn that Robbie invited Marie over because she, well, we learn that she's in college, and he's, he's borrowing some stat notes from her. So the whole family's standing there, and she's and the twins start saying, Mary, Mary, and she's like, no, I'm Marie. And Ruthie says, no, you're Mary. Um, this girl doesn't really... Doesn't look like Mary at all, I'm sorry. She's just like a brunette. Yeah. Um, there's some, like, maybe she's got a face. Um, <laughs> she has lips. The lips maybe are the same, but her, that's like, about I it. was thinking the eyes were, like, similar, or maybe it was her eyebrows, were similarly shaped. Eyebrows were similar shaped, but that's about, about where it ends. Nothing really. So um, the whole family starts freaking out about this, and they're like, "What's Robbie doing? He found a replacement for Mary. Is he going to kill all of us and find replacements for us?" <laughs> well, that's well, what Matt thinks yeah. is happening. Um, yeah, uh, and then the Rev is like, "You need to go and see that psychiatrist again." Um, uh, but I will say that the family kind of like. The way that they invite her to stay for dinner, and it's like, oh, it does kind of feel like they're inviting Marie in to be the replacement Mary for a hot second. Um, especially because you have you see a conversation between Marie and the Rev where she's like, my father died when he was 11. Cue the Rev adopting her. And that she's like, she like her God has helped her in her path and stuff. So it's like, shut the fuck up, Marie. Like, we get it. Like, you're this... You're, exi- you're yeah, Mary. Yeah. Um, while this is all happening, we get some more insight and some more 
I think, um, like, development of Ruthie's character. Yeah, they did some, like, they've been doing some very heavy lifting with Ruthie's character development lately. So I think this is the first episode where we really see Ruthie spying on the kitchen stairs, which becomes, like, a trademark thing for her. Um, and we've we've heard before, too, though, that she, like, always knows what's going on in the house. So basically, when um, Marie is, like, talking to anyone, Ruthie is on the kitchen steps, and then she's reporting back to Simon and Lucy, who are coloring with enormous crayons with the twins. Um, and, I mean, I don't even know what information she gets. I just know that she eavesdrops, and she delivers the information to everyone. So she basically predicts what she thinks is going to happen with uh, Mary and Robbie to Simon to Simon and Lucy. She thinks that Mary's ultimately going to break Robbie's heart, that Robbie's looking for stability because he's never had stability in his life before. And Mary's looking for, like, things to be, like, shooken up yeah. and wild because she had such a stable upbringing. And she never does what people want her to do. That's what, like... And so she he she thinks that Robbie's going to end up with somebody like he wants her to end up with somebody like Mary but not Mary so that there there's Marie and that she and that she thinks that uh, Mary's probably going to end up with Wilson. Yeah. And um it's actually kind of for like a 10-year-old to be this savvy. Again, they're yeah. building the she's smarter than the rest of the family. Um but I do- wonder how they decided that like they were going to I don't know get per- bestow this intellect on on her. Ruthie, yeah. Well, I think they kind of, like, it was pretty easy for the way they set her up throughout, like, from season one onward. She's always had, like, a quick remark back to say, even when she was little. Um, she's kind of always questioning things. I feel like they, they, set, it, they set it up kind of pretty yeah, well Yeah, and her. I think it's also, they well, like, why they chose her character, but I think it's probably because she's the youngest and she's, like, been able to observe mm-hmm you know, like, all of these different... And because Sam and David don't count as people. <laughs> yeah. So, well, they'll never grow up on yeah. that show, so... Um, so, th- that's interesting, but we do see Ruthie kind of mess up later when she's like, there's no way Mar- Matt and Cheryl are going out when actually they are. Yeah. Um, so, throughout, like, so throughout this episode, we kind of see that, like, Robbie seems to be not infatuated, but, like... There seems to be a certain amount of chemistry between Robbie and Marie as well. Marie's like, oh, you know, you're such a nice guy. But she, he's like, I have a girlfriend, and I'm really, like, worried about Mary. She was mad at me for bringing you up before. And, like, it's like, oh, we can maybe be friends. But he's like, I don't know if I should be friends with someone who looks so much like my girlfriend. Um, and there's kind of this, like, back and forth throughout the entire episode. Um, do you have anything to say, like, about things that happen in between? Um, not really. I mean, it's just a lot of running around with the Camdens speculating about, like, what's gonna happen, so... It's in- it's interesting to see, kind of, the fact that, like, all the Camdens seem to be quite loyal to Robbie, and there isn't that level of loyalty to Mary <laughs> at all, and it's kind of frustrating for me to see it, just because, like, they want her to come home... But, like... Well, she's already said that she doesn't want to come right. home, though, so... But I also feel like if they if they wanted to come home so badly, they should show a bit more... I don't know. Like, like compassion. Or, right. like, some sort of welcoming environment. I get that, like, the first... Like, time. Robbie is, like, immediately there with them, so it's, like, yeah. easy to support him. And, like, you know, because everybody's like, oh, I don't want to... I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to... I don't think you should... Like, 
because I feel like was she what do you think was she wrong in not telling Robbie about going to dinner with Wilson well I guess because they're apparently dating but if they weren't in my mind they weren't dating so it's none of his business but it's like an ex so I would say that's probably something to just be like hey I'm doing this Yeah. yeah um so yeah like it was bad for Mary to do that but then the way that like the way that Ruthie's just like oh Mary's definitely gonna break his heart I get that that's kind of true but at the same time it's like she's your sister shouldn't you be like yeah I don't know it it was weird for me to see that dynamic um and so there's a little side like a very small side story happening which I will mention really quickly with Lucy and Jeremy for some reason Lucy has a picture of Jeremy how do these people get these pictures it's just like a headshot of Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy apparently has an interview at Niagara University, which is in Buffalo. And he's supposed to be talking to Lucy when he gets home, but he hasn't called. And then all of a sudden, Jeremy shows up at the train same train station as Mary. And they have an awkward encounter. Um, and I don't understand the point of that happening. Because neither of them knows who the other person is. Like, Mary doesn't know who Jeremy is. And Jeremy does, has no idea who Mary is but they still run into each other. Um, So there's something going on there where Lucy is questioning her long-distance relationship or non-relationship, because they actually broke up with Jeremy. Uh, But this episode ends with a final phone call between Robbie and Mary, where Robbie's like, I'm sorry about everything with Marie, but I think you also owe me an apology about Wilson. But Mary kind of stays quiet. And Robbie looks super bummed. Uh, because Mary goes, well, basically, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't apologize for going to dinner with Wilson. She actually stays really quiet, and then Robbie's like, Mary, I think you should come home. And that's when Mary says, I'm not going to. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. So that's about it for that episode. It Um, fades to black. Fades to black. So what do you think is going to happen with... Robbie and Mary and Wilson and Lucy and Jeremy and Marie, Marie, who we're never going <laughs> to see Matt and again. Cheryl and Matt and Cheryl. Da, da, da. So many things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I like this. I like when TV shows do this. I like when seven heaven does this cause it never does this. Yeah. Like actually continue storylines and stuff. I guess we're also re- reaching the end of the season, this is probably why they're starting, like, the end of the season arc also. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, yeah, episode 18. So it's going to all culminate and whatever, Cheryl and Matt and... All all these people. (laughs) So many people, so many... Love, evil people, ex, ex lovers and former lovers and, wait, and current lovers. Um, So what would you rate this episode? Uh, I didn't really like it. I'm going to give it a two and a half... I think I'm going to give this a four. Wow. Yeah, I did like it. All right. Um, so you can get a, a sneak peek at what Wilson looks like now. Um, oh, his hair is very bad. Or maybe you want to check out this supposed Mary lookalike, Marie, and you can see all that on our social media platforms. We are at Camden Cast Show on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Camden Cast on Facebook. Um, we will be here every Wednesday and Saturday, as always, and you can listen to us on soundcloud.com slash CamdenCast or through the Apple iTunes podcast app. I'm Tandy. I'm Erin. This is CamdenCast.